I've been around a lot longer. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. You, you do have a cockroach effect. Donovan McNabb is with us today. CJ Fair joins us. We are joined to open the show by Josh Black. Just overall competition, right? That, that's exactly what we needed for this team. One in ten is not something you really want to use as fuel. If Steve got in a fight, I'd come to his defense because he's my bro. <laughs> if you were on the ropes, I would have stepped in. You didn't need my help. Hands off. Tucker feels his way in around his own man, and he scores untouched. It's a touchdown for Sean Tucker. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Pauly Sebelia. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us. Alongside Pauly Sebelia, I'm Stephen Fonte. As we welcome you into a Friday edition of Orange Nation, a jam-packed show for you. We're going to talk a lot of football on the show today. We're going to talk some Bills football with our good friend Thad Brown. He is a good friend, Pauly, sports director, WROC in Rochester. Uh, big one Sunday night, Bills Chiefs. At Arrowhead coming up at twelve forty-five. I gotta hit uh, Thad with something though. He got knocked out of his. Uh, he did his because death the, pool there the right Steelers. away because he picked yeah. the Bills to beat the Steelers. Not a brave man. That's right. Why That's don't we right. have him on again? Uh, Lauren Walsh, one of my former uh, good students. And former colleagues at Channel 9, she is a good friend. Uh, she'll join us. She works in TV now down in Winston-Salem, North Carolina uh, at WXII News. She'll join us at 1245 to break down the Demon Deacons. Andrew Goodrich, Deputy Athletics Director at SU, coming on at 115. He's we'll my talk, good friend. We'll talk some SU football with Andrew. And... Uh, Orange tip-off event, the old Midnight Madness uh, for the basketball team coming back uh, next week. So we'll talk with, uh, or no, two weeks from now, we'll talk with Andrew Goodrich about that. He's, and then, not, he's not really my good friend, but he sits next to me at all the football games. So and, and Good friend. You, and if you call him a good friend, he he's, is a good friend. Yes, automatic. So, I, I brought this up today on Bridge Street that we should do this as a segment about what defines good friend. Like what's, you know, and, and can you only have one best friend? Can the best friend be replaced? There's a lot we see. A lot yeah, of different ways we could go with this. The best friend thing. Girls call every one of their they friends do. their BFF, and that's it drives right. me crazy. They do. I have a someone I consider a best friend, and I legit talk to him probably once every three months. Yeah, but guys do that, and my it's funny. My best friend from college, he lives in in uh, Connecticut, works in New York City. I I talk to him probably a half dozen times a year, but when we talk. It, we just pick up like we're best friends. Like, I ha- I haven't talked to him in months, and he texted me last night a picture of a graphic from a news show that said 60% of Americans sleep with their dogs. That was all he sent me. Yeah. I didn't even respond to it. And it's just and it, understood. Yeah. And like, next time you it. talk, you'll pick up like, you know, yeah. it hasn't been four months since you last spoke. Yeah. Guys are different. But anyway, that's a whole segment. We can talk about that uh, some other time. But uh, in any event. Uh, Why? We, is there... A game in football? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot to get to. Uh, your phone call is welcome as well. 315-437-7644. Of course they are. You spent some time last night uh, with Dino Babers. Dino Babers' show from 7 to 8. And then he, uh, so he spent an hour with Matt Park and then uh, spoke with Gomez for a half hour after that. Some interesting things to come out of the show last night, Paul. Yeah, the callers were really good last night. Yeah, you know, one of them asked about the, the calls that went against Syracuse in the ACC, in the FSU game. And how the ACC handles it, it was, it was fascinating because, you know, he can't get into if the calls were good or bad, because he'll get fined. Sure, but but, but he, we can. Yeah, he legit broke down what the process is, and it's really unsatisfying, right? Yeah, because it's not going to change. You, well, so, sorry, sorry, we we messed that up. Yeah, we cost you. You know, you're you're coaching for your job potentially, and we kind of blew it for you. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, why don't we get to that? Um, and this is a, a lengthier uh, soundbite from Dino, but it is interesting. 
So let's start with uh, let's start with this one about how you go about contesting a call uh, to the ACC conference. It's it's basically you look at a you look at a play, and then you take that play and you submit it to the head of officials, and then the head of officials for the entire conference. This is the guy that trains all the other officials, and then he will look at it and say that he agrees with us or he disagrees with us and he agrees with the official and then you know they're really good about it they're usually very prompt and they get their answers back and uh, I'm not going to tell you what the answers were because I think that's something I could get fined for but that's the way it normally works and uh, you know they're really good about it the one thing that uh, one thing I will say is that uh, I won't let anyone, no one can, on some staffs, anybody can turn that in. For, on my staff, I have to okay it. And one of the things I want to do is I want to have a 75% hit ratio. I want to be right 75% of the time. So, so that they will look at it. It's not just I send in 40 plays from every game. So in all the stuff that went on in the Florida State game, I sent in three calls. And out of the three calls, we were 66 and two-thirds percent. <laughs> So, and even on the other one, it was an answer that I had never heard before in 35 years on why we were wrong. So, uh, we I like to have that ratio going. So, and uh, they tell us that you know we're right, or they tell us that that we're wrong, and that's about it. And you move on to the next game. So, I, I he doesn't have to tell us what the answer was about the hold at the end, and he doesn't even have to tell us that that was one of them. Obviously, <laughs> right. that was, I mean, and John Wildhack said that that was one that they submitted. Yeah, he doesn't need to tell us what was said back to him because if the, I mean, it, it that was that was factually, and I know it's a subjective call, but in that case, it was not subjective. It was very much black and white. Yeah. That was a hold. So he doesn't have to tell us about that. We could probably speculate. So he said he sent in three calls. We could probably speculate as to what the other ones were. Um, and obviously, we don't know, you know, which other call that he he was upset about that that got back to him. Um, that that you know, the conference said he was right, but you're right. It, it's it's unfortunate because it it is unsatisfying. So 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 what they say that there's a hold on that last play. The game should have gone into overtime. And sorry, yeah, right. <laughs> we'll, we'll do better next time. We'll try to do better next time. Yeah, and it, ultimately, it's you can't look at it like hey, it's one play in a game. Still, you know, yeah. You know, in this case, it was this two, is one two play. plays. It was two plays in a game. In in this case, and it's one play in his in his career, also. So you know, like that ultimately isn't going to be, you know, for the official. Uh, no, no. Oh, for Dino. Okay. You know, like that's not ultimately oh, going to the, be for the coach who's yeah, coaching for his yeah, job. It's not ultimately going to be his. You know what decides. In in in, in his defense, he's got an AD right now that knows that he kind of got. Screwed out of a Florida State win. So I was going to say that is that it, you know, even though it counts as a loss, when and and I said this at the beginning of the year when when the topic came up, what does Dino need to do to keep his job? And we were talking about a number. And you remember I said I'd like to see how the season plays out. Is it a case of they're losing close games or they're non-competitive? And we had that debate about whether or not it matters or if it just matters what that number is. And I think this is a case where it yes. does matter. Because if they, let's say they get to five wins. Well, they didn't go to a bowl game. But again, you can point back to Florida State and be like, well, you know, as you said, they you know, they were on the, the wrong end of, of, of at least two bad calls, uh, you know, according to the ACC. Um, I think that that does factor into it. I'll even go back to the Rutgers game. They didn't lose the Rutgers game because of the Taj Harris fumble. 
But that game, that play changed the complexion of the game. The the personal foul penalty on Michael Jones, and then the subsequent penalty on Dino Babers, that changed the entire complexion of the game. Again, not the reason why they lost, but certainly didn't help. And now it happens with Florida State as well. So I, I guess my point is, there's a lot of football left to be played. Um, but I think it becomes part of the narrative is that if they do win five games, you can point to those two games and say, you know what, that. That was unfortunate. How how the non conference went, uh, you know, with Rutgers, and then obviously the the ACC opener with Florida State that they had at least two bad calls go against them in key spots that that maybe cost them that game. So, um, yeah, it's you're right. He's got six years of of games to look back on. You know, at the end of this year, he'll have six full years. Um, but I think as you as you're assessing this year, I do think it becomes part of the narrative. Right, and I'm going to say something, Steve, right now that that may shock you. I think what the kids call a hot take. Uh, the Wake Forest game coming up is the biggest game of the Dino Babers era. I honestly believe that. I feel if they can win this game against, I guess, basically what would be, you would consider the best team in the ACC this year, an upstart Wake Forest team. This is a This is a defining game, you know? No matter how good Wake Forest is, you should we we say you should be better than Wake Forest, and you got a chance to prove that when Wake Forest is at its best, we can still go out there and beat you. And they uh, they have an opportunity. You know, it's not like you're beating Clemson of three years ago. You know, yeah. I mean, this is a great opportunity. It's a great opportunity. You know, as you said, to to beat what. The best team in the conference right now, um, again, I don't think they're the most talented. They're certainly not the most tradition-rich. It's still just Wake Forest, but right now they're playing the best. It's not Wake Forest, though. It's the top of your... You're playing the best team in your division. You know, they may not play anybody, but they got the best record, and you got a chance to beat them, and you can go out and do it. Yeah. I, I mean, it's... It's quite the opportunity. It's going to be quite the challenge. I mean, Wake Forest is good. You know, I mean, they, yeah, they yes. score a lot of points. Steve, but when you look at it overall, when you look at it and you got a chance to beat the best team in your conference, in your division of the conference, and it's Wake Forest, go out and beat them. It's Wake Forest. <laughs> you know, we say that, and it's funny. Like, it's not a daunting, you know, it's not Clemson. It's not, it's not Florida State under Jimbo Fisher. It's Wake Forest. Still, I, I looked at their roster yesterday. We keep hearing about the super seniors. They're, they're nine, the average age is ninety four. They've got twenty one guys that are either in their fifth or sixth year of eligibility there at yeah. that at that program. Not yes. even just five years of college football. Five or six years there. Twenty one guys, yeah. um, and that doesn't even count their quarterback who's in his fourth year, but listed as a sophomore. So it's uh, this is, and that does make a difference. And and I think that that's in part why we're seeing them take this step forward because they are experienced. They've played a lot of football together with that coach, with each other in that program. They know the system. Um, this is not going to be an easy game uh, tomorrow by any stretch. No, but it's a game you can win. It, I, I don't know how to put it. Every game is a game you can win in the ACC this year, even Clemson. Sure. So go out and do it. Let's go. Let's get one more in uh, from from Dino from last night on the challenges of of facing Wake Forest. I think the biggest thing is their you they're unique, their experience. You know, they don't beat themselves. Low penalty type football team. Uh, 
they don't get a lot of holding calls on offense because of that running style play they do that's I call it slow to go. You know, <laughs> okay. it's, it's slow mo, and all of a sudden it turns into fast mo at the end. And uh, from a defensive standpoint, you know, the guys with a lot of experience, the kicking game is so solid with the punter and, and the place kicker. And uh, it just makes one of those games where if you turn the ball over or you give them too many opportunities, it's not going to work out. In fact, I think their, their last couple of losses have been when they turn the ball over, and that's very unique. They normally don't do that. I do think special teams is going to be a big part of this game. Uh, you know, Brent Axe had a nice post uh, today about uh, special teams and the fact that Wake Forest has one of the best kickers in the country, if not the best kicker in the country, great punt returner. Um, that is going to, you know, in, and in close games, you know, just like free throws matter in, in basketball, special teams do matter uh, in football. And, and I think that this could be a, a key factor to this game tomorrow. Yeah, who would have thought we'd be talking about potentially two NFL kickers could be the difference in a game tomorrow. Yeah, who's got the best kicker? Could come down to could come down to a field goal or a punt. Came down to a field goal last week and the week before, Steve. Yeah, that's right. I mean, last week in some ways it came down to an extra point potentially. I st- I'm I'm getting more and more confident as we get closer to this game. I can tell. I feel like Syracuse is going to do that. I can tell. We're going to talk a lot of SU Wake Forest today, but on the other side of the break, when we return, we'll bring on Thad Brown, Sorry sports director from WROC in Rochester. Sorry to hear about his, uh, you know, his gambling problem and losing out <laughs> on that Steelers game. You can give him a uh, give him a word or two. Are you on good that enough friends with him? If I give him a little, uh... he'll still come on. All right, he'll do. It I don't know me. why we have a guy on that loses in the first round of a. <laughs> What does he really know? Is that yeah, what you're yeah. saying? It doesn't seem too bright. You can ask him uh, <laughs> next, and we'll talk Bills Chiefs after that. You're listening to, to uh, Orange Nation on ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. This is Orange Nation. All right, Stephen Pauly back with you here on a Friday edition of Orange Nation. We're going to get to our weekly uh, pick segment coming up uh, at the top of our number two. We've, we've just been handed, if you were watching on QSportsTalk.com, you saw that we were just handed all the lines uh, in the last commercial break. So I need some time. I don't know about you, Pauly. I need no, some time I, yeah, to I figure to out what I, I want to do I need to at least here. see them. Yeah. I won't like break each game down, but I need to see them. Yeah, well, we don't have time to break each game down between now and 1 o'clock, but we can at least catch our breath. So uh, we'll do that at 1 o'clock. Uh, in the meantime, uh, let's hear from Dave Clawson, the head coach of the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Um, you know, and, and as opposing coaches do, they break down the opponent. And the first guy that comes to mind for Dave Clawson is one Sean Tucker, who uh, might not just be one of the best running backs in the conference, he might, at the end of the day, be one of the best running backs in the country. He is explosive. He can make you miss. He can run through arm tackles. He'll be one of the best running backs, if not the best running back, that we maybe play all year. He is an excellent player, and he'd play for anybody in the conference and anybody in the country. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's He's good. It's hard to argue with him. Yeah. Um, and, and that's just it. I mean, we saw him last week against Florida State, and, and they made sure that Sean Tucker wasn't going to beat them. Uh, he still went over 100 yards, which, you know, again, if you if you watch that first half and turned it off, you'd be like, oh, there's no way he's getting to 100 today. But he found a way to get it done. Garrett Schrader had something to say about that. Schrader opened things up with his legs as well. 
But to have a team say we're gonna we're gonna stop you, we're not gonna let you beat us, and to still get a hundred yards, um, I think this kid is special. We've been talking about it since the start of the season. Um, he certainly passes the eye test, and I know that Wake Forest is you know everybody from here on out is gonna have him at the top of the scouting report. Yeah, it's I mean it's obvious. It's Captain Obvious right there. He's pretty darn good. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to uh, to to this. Uh, Dave Clawson thinks that it's going to be a close game. Uh, you know, I know that they're a, a touchdown favorite, but going on the road and playing against a, a hungry Syracuse squad, he thinks this is going to go down to the wire. I think we've played as many one-score games as anybody in the conference the last three, four, five years. And, you know, we've won, I want to say, like two-thirds of them. Um, so that if we're going to have a good year, we're going to have to win close, you know, close one score games. That's always been our good years here. And uh, I expect this week will be the same way. And, and I think with Syracuse that it, we're going to expect close games the rest of the way. I think for the most part, they're going to play close games week in and week out. I don't think there's anybody that's that much better than Syracuse. And I think their defense is good enough that even if their offense doesn't get it going on a particular Saturday, I think their defense is good enough to keep them in the game and keep it close. Yeah, I agree 100%. And the only one that worries me is that Clemson is going to eventually break out on yeah, somebody. So right. that's the one. We've that talked about that. We talked about it last week. Didn't happen last week. Yeah. But at some point, you would think that they're going to figure it out. Yeah, they're going to open up. They're, it's just going to be, you know, just destroy somebody. Yeah. You're hoping it's not Syracuse. Yeah. Um, you got to get them sooner rather than later. And Syracuse does have them sooner rather than later. They've got them next Friday. But. Yeah, at some point, Clemson's going to figure it out. Uh, they haven't uh, to this point. How about the fact that Wake Forest has to come here? They, they've played some good games in the Dome, these two teams. Um, and, you know, again, when when the Dome is even half full, 60% full, it, it still gets awfully loud It was there. Trill Williams, right? That stole yeah. the ball in overtime. Yeah. That was one of the best games I've ever seen. That was one life. of the best defensive plays that I've seen in person. Yeah. That was... That was amazing. These are always good. Yeah. Um, here's Dave Clawson on the, the difficulty of playing inside the Dome. It's a little different. Last year, there was no fans. You know, so part of the Carrier Dome is the noise vibrates, and regardless of the size of the crowd, it's always a loud place. But, you know, we certainly had problems two years ago up there. You know, that was one of those nightmare games that you, you never quite get over. You know, we just we had guys go down, and we didn't handle the noise well, and we had guys that weren't ready to step up. Um, I think that game, as much as any game since I've been here, represented our need to get depth. You know, you were at the Liberty game. Um, it was what did they announce? A little over thirty thousand, thirty-one thousand, whatever it was. It was loud in there. Yeah, with thirty-one thousand. Um, you know, you don't need to necessarily get. I mean, it would be nice to get forty plus or forty-five. Um, but you don't necessarily need that many to make it loud. I mean, it, it, the Liberty game, it was loud. Yeah, this isn't. there is kind of an interesting buzz to this game, too. Uh, it's the first time in a while I've asked people, I've had people asking me for tickets to a, a football game right? in a couple of so years. So people want to go. Yeah, so uh, I'll be interested to see the turnout. Uh, I'm going to kind of go sidebar old man on this with the Dome. I was kind of like, when they put the new roof on, I was kind of sad that we were going to lose that Syracuse skyline with the Carrier Dome. I was driving back from Heritage Hill last night. The new dome roof is really cool. Yeah, with the lights. Yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. That, that that 
it's awesome to see that. That's a way better skyline than that weird Teflon roof. Yeah, and they could do different balloon, things. They yeah. give it different looks yeah, with the different it's lights. Really, and, really cool. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. The old man likes it. All right, back to your back to the sports. No, that's fine. Back to sports. That's Steve. Fine. <laughs> back to you. <laughs> back to you. Um, I tell you what, let's take a break here. Uh, we got to get to Lauren Walsh. Good friend, uh, sports anchor reporter from WXII down in uh, Winston-Salem. She covers uh, Wake Forest, and uh, she'll break down the Demon Deacons for us on the other side of the break. So keep it here. We'll wrap up our number one next on ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Bonte and Paulie Sebelia. Hour number two of Orange Nation underway on ESPN Radio. Stephen Fonte, Paulie Sibilia with you up until 2 o'clock. Again, we're going to get to Andrew Goodrich, Deputy Athletics Director at Syracuse University, coming up in the next segment. But as promised, this is sweeping the nation, Paulie. Is it really, Steve? Is anybody? It is because they, Jordan puts the picks on Twitter, so it is sweeping the nation. Has anybody actually picked along with us? Like, I'd like to know if we've made anybody money because we're we're over somebody. 500. Somebody thanks me for the Louisiana Tech pick. It might have been me. Well, you did, and then somebody else on uh, on Q Sports Talk had thanked me for Louisiana. Yeah, Tech. Yeah, and somebody stopped me and or stopped you in front of me and said that the How Now Brown Cow tri- game that was sweeping the nation was too difficult. <laughs> right, that happened on the quad. Yeah. Right. That did so. happen. All right, so I'll be honest with you. I, you know, we we got these uh, the numbers and the lines. We got them late. We got them during the Sound show. Like excuses to me. Steve. Um, We've got so them at the same time. I, well, no, we did. I'm not. I'm, I'm for both of us. I I'm just going with my gut because I haven't really had a chance. That's to what like, gambling look, is. Steve. Look too much deeper into these matchups. So. These are both six and four so far in two weeks. Of I know. I no feel reason. like you know this all this stuff about Vegas knows and this is what Vegas wants you to do. I haven't really had a chance to look that closely at these games, so I'm just going to go with my guts, the lines that I like. All right. You want to start? Or you want me to start? Uh yeah, I'll start in the ACC. We're gonna go ACC games first. How yeah. many did you pick out of the ACC? Two. So did I, Steve. I'm gonna go Georgia Tech minus four versus Duke. I think I've picked Georgia Tech every week. They didn't. They didn't work for only you won, last... They've only they, they've won three out of their four. I was gonna games, say last week they let you down. So yeah, this week I'm going, going back Georgia to the Tech well. minus four versus Duke. Okay. Uh, so. I'm going to go with the next game on our slate, which is Virginia at Louisville. Uh, Cardinals favored by two and a half. Cardinals almost knocked off Wake Forest last week. Uh, Virginia got blown out by Wake Forest. Virginia got blown out by North Carolina. They gave 59 points to North Carolina. Um, I know they beat Miami, which was a nice win for Virginia, but that was on a, a missed field goal, a chip shot at the end. Miami really should have won that game. My point is I think Louisville's the better team. They're at home. Uh, they got some momentum. I don't think Virginia's very good. Give me Louisville to win by a field goal or more. All right. I, I found. I figured that uh, Florida State found itself against uh, against the Syracuse Orange, and they're ready to make a jump. Are they going to beat North Carolina? I don't think so. But they're seventeen and a half point dogs. So I am. Uh, I'm feeling a vibe there. They're going to be within uh, uh, ten points of. So, North Carolina. So. so this is one of those games, Jordan, that I'm sure you're saying Vegas wants you to take Florida State. I'm going to fall into the trap as well. I'm not sure anybody in this conference is 17 and a half points better than anybody else in this conference. Um, 
And I know that the line is like that on purpose, right? You, you would say 17 and a half. They want you to take Florida State. It jumped out to me. It jumped out to Pauly. Generally, when we pick the same thing, it goes the other way. But I, I can't pass it up. I mean, I, I will take Florida. I don't think Florida State is as bad as And I don't think North Carolina is, is as good. good. As yeah, I'm, I'm with you. North Carolina is overrated. I think Florida State is, you know, isn't as bad as its one and four record makes it look. Um, so I'll take the Seminole. I've offended a gambler in our Q Sports Talk chat. Gambling is not going with your gut, Polly. Would it be wrong of me to guess who it is? It's Agent Orange. I, you had to let me say it. I knew it. I'm not looking, and I knew you it. Should, see, you. It was a gut feeling, and you should have bet on it. That's good value. Thank you. Uh, on to the NFL. My first game in the NFL, I'm going to take the Titans uh, minus four and a half at the Jaguars. I think they'll win by more than a touchdown. Yeah, the Jags are dealing with all sorts of chaos with yeah. Urban Meyer. And- Getting lap dances. Like it. Are you, this is, we haven't talked about this on the show yet. Are you surprised he, he still has a job there? No. No? He didn't do anything. Okay. It was like a... Personal scr- conduct policy. They can do what but they want. But was he doing anything long. like... She was doing. I could see why, he was I sitting could, there. I could see why his wife would be mad, but what do they care? What about the not flying back with the team from a game, and ditching them, and then going to Columbus, and then getting into trouble in Columbus? And I don't know. What about the fact that he did it at a restaurant with his own mural in the background? It was his. Here's restaurant. The, here's the thing: is <laughs> it, it, I I would have a it hard wasn't time. A great look. It's not a great look. I would have a hard time seeing how he has control of that locker room still. The fact that. He did do something. You, okay, Steve. Do you really think NFL players are you know shocked that the coach has got a hot chick dancing on? Come on, the dude makes millions of dollars. The not flying back with the team to spend time with his grandkids bothers me. Anyway, um, does it like a little what, bit? What, what does him being on the plane do? I don't know. Like my son plays high school soccer, and regardless of where they play. Everybody's got to go back on the bus. Like yeah, because they're, they're high school kids and they got to make sure they no, all I'm end saying, up in the same spot. I'm saying, <laughs> even if your parents are there, though, like they played, this is this is an aside, they played in Lansing mm-hmm. last week. You know, it's like a, whatever it is, hour, hour and 15 minutes away. It would have been convenient for all the parents who are there. It would have been convenient for, you know, the kids to go with their parents and everybody go home. It was on a Saturday night. But it like that is that's their thing. They they arrive as a team. They leave as a team. They drive back to the high school, and then the parents can pick them up there. I, and I know it's a I'm dumbing down the example, but there is something okay to that. Listen, he he had a chick dancing on him in a bar. All right, you're fine with it. Uh, um, yes, there's a billion pe- players in the NFL that have done far worse and gotten a slap on the hand for it and continued to play. It, it, the world will be okay that Urban Meyer got a lap dance. All right. In a place that you shouldn't be getting a That's the weird thing. About, like, I've never been at a bar and gotten a lap dance or, like, at a restaurant. That's the strange <laughs> thing about it. Urban Meyer told the story that a group recognized him, asked for pictures, and this happened. Do you think the girl was like, hey, wait, I bet you I can dance with the guy whose picture's on the wall. It Watch this. Yeah, it wasn't a great look, but come on. <laughs> okay. Dude's a millionaire. That's going to happen. Like that's, It's hard for us to get our heads around as just average everyday Joes that no girl ever wants to do that, have a picture taken with us, you know, standing at a bar. 
All right. That was enough. halftime for our picks. Steve, his, you're on I, the clock. If I was his PR guy, I would have told him never to do a press conference. Just set out a message. I, it was unbecoming of me as the head coach. I apologize. That press conference was enough to get him fired, though. That was brutal. Yeah. Um, all right. I know we're we're running behind here, so we'll we'll rattle off some picks here. I, I took Packers favored by three at the I'm not sold on Cincinnati. I, I don't know. It, this is a, a a a small line in my mind. I think the Packers are better. Um, I'll take Green Bay. All uh, right. Uh, I'm going to take the Steelers. Pick them with the Broncos coming to town. Me too. Steelers are going to I win that my game list straight well. up. Yeah, I think so too. Okay. Uh, um, and then my last one, uh, Giants-Cowboys. It's a, it's a rivalry game. You know, I, I said that in the uh, in the ACC, I'm not sure anybody's 17 and a half points better. I mean, this, this is a large line. This is a full touchdown that the Cowboys are, are getting um, at home that they've got to cover. I think the Giants keep it. I'm not saying Giants are going to win. I think the Giants, with their season on the line, feels like a desperate situation for them. I think they keep it close. I think they keep it within a score. I'll take the Giants on the road. All right, uh, you're not going to like this one, Steve, but this is a wake-up game for both Bills fans and the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs are going to win. The Chiefs are uh, minus two and a half. They're going to win by at least a touchdown against the Bills. That didn't sway you at all. No, I know he, he said he thinks Kansas City's winning. He's zero one on his uh, vocal pick. Yeah, that's true. Pick, son. That's so. true. May I? Uh, so I gave everyone Jets plus six and a half last week. If I may, I want to get one pick in. 49ers are at the Cardinals. Yeah. 49ers have a QB problem, while the Cardinals have the most explosive offense possibly in the NFL when they're clicking on all cylinders. Five at home just doesn't seem like enough to me. I like the Cardinals to win by more than five. You know, I almost went in that direction as well. We don't know if Garoppolo's going to play. Um, there's that X factor, though, that if he doesn't play, what if the Niners are better with Trey Lance in the lineup? I don't know. I mean... So anyway, it that's what, that's why I, I I was with you. I was attracted to that game, but I stayed away from it just because I don't know who's starting a quarterback for the Niners. We've got to take a timeout. Andrew Goodrich joins I'll, us. Yeah, go ahead, Paul. And I shouldn't do this, but all I can imagine is like it was just a normal restaurant where Urban Meyer was getting this. <laughs> You're stuff. going back and, to this, and also like somebody mentioned, like that doesn't happen in Applebee's and our so, you know, like now I got that stupid like. That Applebee's song, yeah, right? Get the and Bourbon the Street stick. <laughs> like, that's what was the song was playing in my head now that when that dance was happening. We're Thanks bougie, for sharing. We're bougie like Applebee's. Yeah, that, that song. Yeah. What? That that's a cool one. I like that. Maybe we'll bump back with the that. Kids are listening to that. You'll need to explain that to me. You don't know sports that song? talk. I, I don't. Oh, getting the Bourbon Street shake or there's steak like a, in the there's Oreo like a whole shake. dance with it. And yeah, whatnot. you don't know that. Come on, Jordan. I'll look Get it up and times. I'll do the dance. Yeah. So that's what that's Get with what it. I have. Urban Meyer getting a lap dance to in my head right now is that TikTok song. All right, we're back <laughs> after this on ESPN Radio.